Welcome to Full Scope, a weekly medical podcast designed to teach, inspire, and encourage listeners to question everything they know. I'm your host, Bill Brandenburg. Life gives each one of us one body, and we need to learn to love and cherish that body. Thanks so much for coming back to Full Scope, everybody. Sorry about the delay. Today, I want to talk about food. I want to give you some recommendations on what to eat to lose weight, what to eat to keep yourself well, and how using very strict diets can actually improve and sometimes even cure chronic conditions. Things like diabetes, heart disease, even Alzheimer's can be affected by this. It's crazy. And if you are not talking about diet with your patients, you are doing them a big disservice. What we eat, drink, and breathe is so important. It's what we are putting into our body, and we need to make sure that all of those things are very high quality. High quality foods, high quality air, high, cal- high quality water, and anything else that you put in or on your body needs to be the good stuff. Now, our bodies can do amazing biochemical things to anything that we ingest. They can change molecules around, turn sugars into carbohydrates, carbohydrates into proteins, proteins to fat. However, it still is important to take in the right things. These days, there are so many diets out there. I mean, it literally, you've got keto diets, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, Mediterranean, Ornish, fast food diets, low-carb diets, low-fat diets, high-fat diets. The list gets crazy. And honestly, I think this just adds a lot of confusion and stress to everything. What I'll say is that everybody is different. We all have a little bit different genes, and we all have different preferences. That's going to lend us to like different foods, sometimes feel better on certain foods than others. And since we're all unique, everyone's going to have their own unique preferences with regard to food. And that's why there's so many diets. But at the end of the day, all of it can really be boiled down to a few simple principles. And I really want to focus on those principles in this podcast. I want to start with a little bit of background on the idea of diets and being on a diet in general. Food creates this enormous amount of stress in most people's lives. And I think this is why the majority of diets end in failure. At the end of the day, no matter what diet you choose, the most important factor is your ability to maintain that diet. If you cannot keep eating that diet for the long term, it's never going to work. It's not going to be sustainable, and it's not even something you should attempt. Furthermore, I cannot overemphasize the importance 
of adding things like exercise, stress reduction, and social support anytime you're trying to change any behavior, much less food, which can be one of the hardest things for us to change. I mean, food is our nourishment. It keeps us alive. It makes our children grow. And really, food is meant to be enjoyed. You should enjoy your food. You should love your food. And you should love yourself. By eating good food and taking good care of yourself, you are showing yourself that you love yourself. Let the food you eat be a manifestation of that love and let it pour out to everyone around you. And with that mentality, the diet that you choose will be much more likely to stick. Breaking habits is a really tough thing to do. And the longer you can stick with something, the more likely it is to solidify. But this process often takes weeks, sometimes even months or years. And so this is something that you want to be in for the long haul. And don't take it lightly. Support is so important. If you're going to diet, you are going to need help. Okay, we're going to get right to the thick of it, and that is weight loss. Most people are changing their diets to lose weight, and that is a great idea, especially considering the links to being overweight and all of these chronic medical issues that are plaguing our society. The first thing you need to know about losing weight is that there is simply no magic diet that is going to make this happen for you. And in the end, it really just boils down to one thing, and that is calories. A calorie is a unit of energy, and it's the way we measure energy in food. One big C calorie, that is a capital C, is the energy needed to raise one kilogram of water one degree Celsius. To lose weight, the best thing you can do is to find two to three hundred calories in your diet and try to eliminate them. Doing that day after day over the long run will result in weight loss. Now, to maintain weight loss, you're going to have to continue to reduce calories. What I mean is that if you go on a diet and you cut out 200 calories a day, and then over a two-month period, you lose 10 pounds. You may get to a point where you stop losing weight unless you cut some more calories out, you know, an extra 100. And so I recommend every couple of months trying to reduce by another 100 or 200 calories or so. And by maintaining and continuing that, you're going to keep losing weight. What I hear a lot from my patients is, Doc, I am starving myself. I am so hungry. I'm literally starving myself every day, and it's not working. Now, I know that is how the body can feel when it's used to a certain amount of calories, and then we all of a sudden remove them. But I tell them you're not actually starving yourself. This is where the type of food you're eating can really help you out. If you're eating sugar, 
your body might burn through that in a matter of minutes or you know less than an hour and you may find that even after eating a large amount of calories you are very hungry shortly after now when you eat uh, more complex food sources like say proteins or or whole grains as opposed to simple grains those are going to last a lot longer they're going to keep you full and feeling better a lot longer so changing those foods can help you feel less hungry and can help you get through things once again exercise is also another thing that can kind of reduce those hunger cravings throughout the day uh, I find that when I'm exercising I'm usually not hungry and that allows my body to have a time when it's it's breaking things down as opposed to screaming at me to take some more stuff in and so cutting out those calories is really the important thing and picking a type of diet or a, you know a, a fad diet is really not gonna be so helpful I wanted to break into kind of an aside topic that I think is really important to talk a little bit about and that is genetically modified organisms food production and processed foods these things are literally everywhere when I look at the population and I see what's happened to them I don't I don't like what I see a lot of the podcast has been about about me you know being very um, very sad about the overall health of the people that are visiting me as a physician and I will say that the biggest change over the last 30 to 40 years is our food how we produce our food what's in our food and I think that acting like there is not this huge connection between our food sources and the way we look is super naive and the way that our governments and societies have dealt with this has been really sad. A genetically modified organism or GMO is a living species that has been had their genes modified to accomplish certain things. This is something that is extremely common in agriculture. A lot of our crops are these GMO products. Huge companies like Bayer uh, Monsanto, which was bought by Bayer, DuPont, and others make these seeds. And basically, when they started this process, they kind of made a promise to people. They said, this is the way we're going to feed the world. We need to do this in order to make enough food to feed everyone. And this is going to be helpful. It's safe. It's healthy. And it just kind of rolled out. Now, most of our foods are these genetically modified organisms in the United States. Places like Europe have kind of said, no, we're not doing this. And it's it's an issue. And I will say that GMOs are not necessarily intrinsically bad. But what these companies have done with their GMOs is horrible. And it is hurting us. And I wanted to give some examples. The first one is adding a gene to a crop that allows it to produce an insecticide. Now an insecticide is a substance that kills insects. If the insecticide that the plant produces so that insects don't eat it is also harmful to humans, this is a could be a really bad thing. Another example is adding a crop or adding a gene to a crop that makes it resistant to an insecticide or herbicide. This could make it so that you could spray it with a ton of chemicals that 
kill other plants and it won't kill that plant. This is exactly what's happened with soy and corn for Monsanto. They've given it a gene that makes it resistant to glyphosate or Roundup, which is what we use to kill other crops, crops or kill other uh, weeds around the crops. And so they literally will just tent or just spray this glyphosate all over fields of crops. And we're eating that stuff. We're eating a ton of it, actually. And they've recently shown that there is a serious link between glyphosate and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Court cases have paid out up to $2 billion on this issue. This is a huge problem. Another problem with GMOs is adding a gene that's going to make a crop grow bigger while producing the same or less amount of beneficial nutrients. We don't just need a giant tomato. We need the wonderful nutrients present inside that tomato. And if we're getting plants that look big and look good but don't have the good stuff in it, that's a real problem. For these reasons, I'm buying organic food when I can. I will say that I do eat GMOs. I don't freak out about it. Uh, but as the evidence continues to mount against them, and as we see what these companies are actually doing, it's getting harder and harder for me to swallow this stuff. The way that the Food and Drug Administration works with regard to food in, in like a lot of these chemicals is we have to show that there's a negative health effect to pull them off the market. Because life is such a complex mixture of different variables, it can be really hard to prove that the glyphosate sprayed on a certain crop is what caused this non-Hodgkin's lymphoma years later. It can be very, very difficult. And so the point is that our whole society is reactionary with this regard, and that's a bad deal. When people are bringing these new products onto the market like GMOs, we need some sort of standard to show that they're safe. And when the fundamentals behind them, like adding a gene that makes it so we can spray herbicides all over it, just doesn't make sense at all, we need to call bullshit on that. Because that's what it is. And that's what we're having to feed our kids now. And that's bad. Okay? So that's why I'm, that's why I'm picking organic foods. And that's why it's getting harder and harder for me not to recommend that other people do that. That's why the entire continent of Europe is starting to say no to this stuff. Once again, GMOs are not inherently bad, but what the companies have done with them is, and that's a problem. The next kind of a side issue that I want to talk a little bit about is processed foods. Today, we have what are called food scientists at companies like Kraft. They're making these foods with high sugar, high salt, you put them in your mouth and they melt. People eat entire bags of these things. And it's crazy. Like you would never pick up a giant, you would never grab a bag of like 12 apples and just eat them all. You'd eat one or two and feel fantastic. But you can grab a big bag of these processed foods and just eat the entire thing. And they're designed that way. They're designed to make you want more one after the other and elicit the same reward circuits in your brain that things like cocaine are doing. It's a problem, people. You walk into a 7-Eleven, 
There's a little bucket on the counter with a couple apples and a couple bananas, and the rest of it is all food in these bags that is literally horrible for you. We are creating food deserts all over. These deserts are disproportionately affecting the poor. Companies like big soda companies, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Kraft Foods are preying on low-income persons. On top of this, we can't get good food in our schools. Schools are feeding kids horrible processed foods. And the most remarkable thing is hospitals. I have a hard time getting my patients healthy food within the hospital, the place where people need it the most. Our government is protecting the interests of these huge processed food companies over people. And these calories are are not good for us and they're hurting us and it's leading to a cycle of badness. Now, any processed food can potentially be harmful just because we're changing the food in a way that usually packs in calories. Now, when you're dealing with like, say, a Cheez-It, that's kind of one thing, but even say olive oil is technically a processed food. We're taking a bunch of olives and we're squeezing out all the calories and at the end of it, you know, you get basically one tablespoon of olive oil from 20 olives. So you're condensing a huge amount of calories into one sort of discrete source that's very packed. And I will say that I drink, or I love olive oil, I eat so much of it. But if you're pouring that stuff on, that's going to put weight on you. That's a lot of calories. So be careful about any processed foods. It, it's just better when you're, when you're eating, you know, whole foods. Something that you could say pick off a tree or a plant. So that's a little bit about GMOs and, and processed foods. I didn't want to get into that too much, but I think it's really important to talk about because our food has changed, our bodies have changed along with it, and these changes are just not sustainable. Okay, we've covered a lot in this podcast already. So I think I'm going to break this one up into two podcasts and pick up with diets for wellness as well as diets to help you improve or prevent chronic illnesses in the next installment. I wanted to do a little bit of a recap on this episode just to help solidify the information. The first thing is that diets are really, really hard. And the best diet for you is the one that you can stick to. Remember, if you are just dieting and not including things like exercise, stress reduction, and utilizing all the social support systems you have, it's probably not going to work out. This is a multifactorial thing, and to change behavior, you're going to need all hands on deck. As far as losing weight goes, the most important thing is to reduce your total number of calories. By reducing your number of calories every day for multiple days, you will start to lose weight. In order to keep that consistent, you may need to further reduce your calories kind of later on the road and can and keep doing that until you reach your targeted weight. Finally, we talked a lot about genetically modified organisms, how these, quote, GMOs are have become a huge part of our food source via crops that have been genetically modified. We also talked about processed foods and how we are packing a huge amount of calories into these bags of ready-to-eat food that are 
oftentimes very bad for you. I have a lot of concerns about GMOs and processed foods. I truly believe that the companies who are making them do not have our best interests in mind, and they're so big and powerful that they control our government in a lot of ways. And I, I think it is so sad that our government is protecting the interests of these corporations over the health of their people. Finally, remember, food has to be enjoyed. You have to enjoy what you're eating in order to keep eating it long term. Show yourself that you love and value yourself by putting good things in your body. Show other people that you love and value them by encouraging them and preparing good food for them to put in their bodies. Thanks again for joining us today. I hope to see you back for part two, where we're going to talk about foods to help keep you well, as well as foods to help improve and even sometimes cure chronic illnesses. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Full Scope Podcast. You can find a lecture summary, key points, and any references on our website, fullscope.org. Additionally, this is the official podcast of Wonder Medicine PLLC, a for-profit medical clinic located in Boise, Idaho. As Carly and I own the clinic and draw revenue from it, we thought we should uh, disclose it as a conflict of interest. Disclaimer alert! It's a trap! The Full Scope podcast was designed and created for educational purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or provide clinical knowledge specific to the care of any actual patient or population of patients. If you are in need of medical advice or treatment, contact a physician. The views and opinions portrayed on Full Scope are Dr. Brandenburg's. They do not represent the views or opinions of Wander Medicine Clinic, any of the academic institutions mentioned on the Full Scope podcast or website, or any of the hospitals which Dr. Brandenburg has or currently works at.